The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. You're listening to The Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. I'm Molly Jean Bennett. On today's show, we'll hear about a pop-up choir called the OK Corral. First, we have an introduction to the group by producer Megan Hattie Stahl. On a Monday evening in June, I head to Revolution Hall's Assembly Lounge for a meeting of the OK Corral, a drop-in community pop chorus open to anyone over 21. Kate Sokoloff and Ben Landsberg are the brains behind the operation. Kate produces while Ben arranges, accompanies, and teaches two songs per session to local singers. We um, joke that our business meetings tend to be one of us text the other and be like, hey, do you want to do this this time? Sure, that sounds great. Like, that's a meeting. For some reason, we're in a major yacht rock phase right now. I asked Ben what's on the agenda for tonight. Oh, the two songs are Summer Breeze, um, My Seals and Crofts, and then Chandelier by Sia. A little after seven, singers start to trickle in be they veterans, newish members, or first-timers. I've come to this most times since March or April. It was The Cure, and I was like, oh, well, I know all those songs, so that's easy. (laughs) It's my second time. Uh, I was drinking and meeting a friend downstairs, and I heard the music through the stairwells, and I stumbled on and listened to my ears, followed my ears, and here I am. I'm interested to see how the Sia song is going to go. Yeah, I, it's hard to imagine us singing that, but we are. I'm really looking forward to singing Seals and Crofts because I sang it through my entire high school career. So let's start with Summer Breeze. I just always love singing, and this works really well for me because it's a community of singers, but there's no commitment. If you miss it, you're not letting anyone down. I've got three kids and a business and lots going on, so it works perfectly for me. I've been a musician and music person for a really long time. It's the first time I've actually gotten to sing regularly in a really long time. Well, my father is a Lutheran pastor, so uh, Lutherans like to sing loud and off key, so uh, forever. Gosh, since uh, I was a little kid, uh, my dad was an Episcopal minister, so I was always in the church choir. But a lot of that choral music was stuff I didn't really... I mean, it's fun, but it's not like getting to sing karaoke stuff with a bunch of people. If you want to be a middle part, don't be in the middle, but be over there. Uh, and if you want to be a melody part, right here. Okay, fine, fine. Like it's a wonderful experience to sing with a large group of people and with a band. And people teaching you the harmonies, and it's something I could never do on my own. But there is a special joy uh, about singing with, with others because the, it fills your heart in a way that singing alone d- does not. It's like we're all in the band. Instead of being spectators who are receiving things, we all get to sing. We all get to participate. Well, singing is joyous, and singing is energetic, and singing with other people is connecting. And the fact that you don't have to be good is fabulous. You know, if it were perfect, 
I don't think that we would get the same sound. And the sound itself is so full and rich and beautiful. It opens up something near the heart chakra. And uh, it's kind of like being in the hive, all of us singing together. tonight as we usually do so it was a little thinner but musically I mean as long as everyone's having a great time that's what I care about those were two kind of ambitious arrangements um, and uh, everybody did a great job I was very very happy with it yeah.
That was, of course, David Bowie and Starman, and we'll talk about why we played that in a moment. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm really happy to be joined in the studio by two Portland... Can I call you guys luminaries? Is that a correct word? Sure. sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Ben Landsverk and Kate Sokoloff, uh, who don't really have official titles, but uh, before we start recording, decided that uh, Ben would be the music director and Kate decided to be the producer of uh, something called OK Corral. Um, now, it, the, the the concept seems simple enough, but there's a lot more going on to it. The concept is that every other Monday, second and fourth Monday of the month, uh, you guys gather a group of people who sing a song. Yeah, uh, sort of. It's, first of all, our every other Monday never seems to work out because we are at... Um, the mercy of uh, Revolution Hall's Assembly Lounge music schedule, and they have there. I just would say they're also like a really wonderful, um, unofficial sponsor of what's going on here. So we're on Mondays, except when we're not. Exactly. <laughs> and I think a good way to get a running start into what is or OK Corral is to talk about how it came first came about. Yeah. So. Um, Right after David Bowie died, I was sitting in my dining room endlessly watching uh, YouTube clips of David Bowie performances and not afraid to say I was kind of crying. And my younger son was home from college and saw that I was crying and asked me why. And I said, David Bowie died. And he stopped and looked at me with this really lovely expression of love and said, I'm so sorry, Mom. I know he meant a lot to you. And I was like, yeah, he actually did. And one of the uh, YouTube clips I had seen was a group in Toronto called Choir, Choir, Choir. And they've been going on for quite some time. People can look them up on the web. And they uh, pretty much are open to whoever wants to sing with them whenever they're gathering. And they had um, there was a David Bowie art retrospective going on in the museum in Toronto. They spontaneously got 500 people in the art museum to do a candlelight vigil, and they sang um, Space Oddity. And it was one of the most moving things I'd ever seen. And I just thought, I want to do that. So I think I probably called you, Ben, and yep. said, hey, do you want to do this thing and see if we can get a bunch of people together to sing this? And I knew I had a friend who was at OMSI at the time, and she got a, a meeting with the OMSI folks. And they were just all over it right away. And so we decided to do it in the planetarium there. Yeah. Per perfect setting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so they sold tickets, and we reached out to tons of people we knew and said, we're going to meet in uh, Martha's Cafe over at Revolution Hall just informally for a few weeks and learn some parts. And anyone who wants to stop by, have a beer with us, and learn some parts, yeah. you're welcome. I feel like, it, like the, for the first one, there were maybe like, eight people or something we were just in a corner there you know what's that <laughs> we were two of the eight yes exactly um and we sat in the corner drank beers and learned a few songs the next one the next monday i think it was like 15 people and then it was like 30 people and then it was like 50 people and then for the actual event it was i think it was 200, 200 yeah. Sold out. yeah it was sold out and man that omsi planetarium is a beautiful sonic space it's just a dream to sing in. Yeah. Um, it was one of the highlights of my musical life, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, it was it was incredible. And and Omsi, they have a really nice catering thing going on, so people yes. were able to have beer and wine, which is an essential part of the <laughs> yes. Corral 
experience. You know, it's really more like um, a pub sing with pop songs and a live band as opposed to a group. You know, mm -hmm. the cast, whoever feels like coming in can come anytime. Yep. Uh, so we have a lot of people who come every time and a lot of people who maybe they've come once, maybe they have relatives in town and bring them. Um, it's always changing, which is the point. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a total drop-in thing. You know. And so, so this has been going for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. yeah. And numbers are growing. Yes. Yeah. And t talk to me about some of the other songs that you've done, that you've you've performed and had people gather around. Mm. You know, we um, it's been really. I was looking over our list of the different songs we've done. We've done a lot, a real variety. Uh, mm. So everything from creep and uh, uptown funk yep. to uh, one of the things Ben and I really like is introducing people to bands who really specialize in harmony who they may not know. So we've done Milk Carton Kids. Yeah. Uh, Lucius is a favorite band of mine. Mm -hmm. Who else? Me too. Um, Fleet Foxes. Fleet Foxes, absolutely. Yeah. And how? how how is this different? This seems to be somewhere. Uh, it's different than karaoke, mm -hmm. and it's and it's not quite being in a choir, right? Can you can you talk about the differences between those two uh, singing concepts? Hmm. First of all, this you're with other people, so it's not the nakedness of karaoke. Although there is a band, um, and so especially for people who grew up hearing that they couldn't sing or think that they can't sing. They can come to this, sing a song they probably know, and have enough people around them that they can't hear themselves sing, and so they sound really amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. So in that sense, they get to sing the kind of music you might sing in a karaoke bar, but you can, you're singing with other people. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there, there is some formality to it. I, I teach parts for every one of the songs, so we have at least three parts going. So, you know, people can either sing the melody, and there's usually a top part, and there's usually a middle part. And honestly, that's the way that like rock and roll harmonies usually work. <laughs> There's usually a top part, a middle part, and a bottom part. Um, so, so everybody's kind of training their ears as they go, but they're also drinking beers as they do that. Uh, so it's it's fun. There's there's this, I I try to keep it lightly rigorous, um, <laughs> but but not uh, you know in a hallelujah chorus type of way. Yeah, and, and the stakes are really low. We sing that night, we sing that song that night. We never sing it again unless right. we put it into one of our special events. Right. Uh, so there's no, you don't have to go home and practice your part. You know, mm -mm. you don't have to get nervous ahead of time. Well, I remember what happened last week. Right. It's really one and done. Yep, just happens kind of there in the moment. And that, that original idea of, of gathering and celebrating a musician uh, like David Bowie, uh, that that idea is, has carried forward. I mean, that's at the core of OK Corral, the idea of, of celebrating a song or a community. Um, that's an interesting question. We've had a number of our favorite musicians die in the last few years. So we've mm -hmm. ended up doing these sort of impromptu tribute nights, like when Chris Cornell right. died. We did this beautiful arrangement that Ben arranged of Black Hole Sun. Yeah. Um, we did a George Michael night, which right. was crazy because it was a night of a, one of those really big snowstorms that started kind of late. And we had, for some reason, like tons and tons of people right. at George Michael and the snow, we were watching the snow get like higher and higher and higher out the window and no right. one left. No one left. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. Yeah. And then they were trapped. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I'll usually find some weird, uh, obscure theme between two songs that we just 
feel like would be fun to sing. We've yep. sort of been in this Yacht Rock theme this summer, yeah, um, which has been really fun and surprisingly popular. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yacht Rock? That's yacht a genre? Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Such as? Uh, what a Fool Believes is yeah, definitely. Notes. Hall and Oates, um, Sailing, Christopher Cross. Um, uh, anyth- anything with Michael McDonald or Kenny Loggins, Wild- basically. Wildfire. Wildfire, oh yeah, yeah, which is kind of like agricultural yacht rock. But Can yeah. you do You're So Vain because he does step onto his yacht. That's true. Oh, that's true. Are we talking about just name dropping yachts or are we talking about there's uh, there's a sound of No, there's it. a sound of being on a yacht on the on the open sea and it's smooth it's got to be smooth it's got to be mellow yes, seals, uh, seals and croft absolutely we just did summer breeze actually this summer yes we did yeah. um how about let's listen to a song and uh come back and i want to talk a little bit more about okay corral and then a little bit more about each of yours because each of your professional careers because music is really at the center for each of you uh one of you want to pick a song how about Sailing by Christopher Cross? <laughs> Why not? Yacht Rock. <laughs>
is right you can sail away and find serenity oh the canvas can do miracles just you wait and see Was sailing Christopher Cross. This is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit hour on X Ray FM. I am talking with Ben Landsberg, who is the music director for OK Corral, and Kate Sokoloff, who is the producer of uh, OK Corral. What, how do songs get chosen? You, I mean, there, there seems to be each of you has your own mental library that seems to be ex- exceedingly extensive. How are you choosing songs? for OK Corral. It's a really, really <laughs> rigorous process. Absolutely. Lots of meetings. And, lots um, of meetings. Yeah, lots of... Um, no, it usually yelling. is one of us will text the other saying, hey, I was just listening to blah, blah, blah. We should do that. And the other one usually says, totally, what else do you want to do? And exactly. It's, it's the best organization I've ever worked with or for because Pretty much. That's, our meetings are few and far between they're mm-hmm. always fun they're always in a bar and yep. otherwise it's texting that's it yeah yeah what, what are some of the elements in this rigorous process that make a good song hmm for for a group because i'm thinking something like uh, if you have first person does that make it bad for a group sing like i got you babe might be awkward for a hundred people to sing or not oh i don't i, I don't think so i th- i think as long as a song you know is well known enough so that people People are gonna are gonna know it. Uh, one thing is that we don't actually use sheet music or notated music for this. It's just lyric sheets, so people kind of have to know the songs coming in. Um, as long as it's got a strong melody and there is the opportunity to write parts around, you know what's what's going on in the melody. I would say that is a perfect sing along or um, like OK Corral song. And you're looking for an emotional connection as well, I imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there there are certain songs that are great songs, but maybe don't have that take you back to the summer of 87. Right. Or take you back to a certain feeling or place. Yeah, I would, I mean, it's you, you can kind of look at the charts for that sort of thing, though. I mean, you know, like some, some of these songs are, you know, they're, they're popular for a reason. You know, something like Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Like, I mean, everybody knows that and everybody loves to sing it. Although we haven't done that yet. We have not done that yet. Um, I was was a decision alert. just made? I, I think probably. <laughs> um, but we also well, always want to make sure that we're including music today. Music. Absolutely. So we just did Sia's Chandelier, mm-hmm. which talk about an emotional connection. Oh, yeah. That was a really interesting one yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and also had perfect harmony and mm-hmm. people really knew it yep. they didn't know it they listened to it we always announce what songs we're going to do about a week or two ahead of time mm-hmm. so for some people they're really dedicated to going to listen and learn that song others oh, yeah. just know it so i i was amazed when we did we did a fleet foxes song called mykonos um which is i think it's basically all in three-part harmony everybody c- came into that rehearsal and knew the song 
Yeah. It was kind of amazing. Like we just, uh, my little band started playing and the harmonies were there and I was like, wow, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> this is great. What what song has not worked out that you've chosen? Hmm. Has there been a song? Or have you guys, are you guys batting 100%? Not worked out is probably um, what do you think? relative. Uh, yeah. There were a couple we did on the roof last summer that I think were challenging. I'm oh, yeah. I remember which ones now. Well, ironically, up on the roof. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that one, it's it's kind of just hard. It's, it's in a, Rhythm it's, is hard. Yeah, rhythmically, it's, it's, it's just kind of difficult. There's not a lot of room for for harmony in it. Um, it's a beautiful song. I absolutely love it. But... But yeah, that wasn't as successful as I thought it would be. It was nice to sing it on the roof. But... Yeah, and that song would work well if you had a soloist doing the verses and the chorus would be the ah-ah uh, uh, behind it. Absolutely. But no one lets anyone be a soloist. No, in not in this group. We tried, and yeah. it doesn't. No, they'll sing along. They sing along to <laughs> anyone. Yeah. I want to take a step away from OK Corral for just a moment. And, and so, Kate, you, were, you, you started Livewire. Mm -hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about how that came about and, and any crossover that you see, be, see between Livewire and OK Corral. Um, Livewire came about um, really as a result of my midlife crisis, not knowing if I wanted to continue my then career or focus on the arts. And I found that all I could think about was anything I was doing in the arts. And I got this idea for this show I wished existed in Portland where all of the kind of cool mover shakers and thinkers of Portland could have a place to talk about what they do, but to mix that with comedy and, and music because we all know that if you get entertained, you can learn better. Um, I had a cough for a sec, so cut. Cut, edit. I got a burp. <laughs> Let's get them all. Get it yeah, all, it's all out. all happening at the same moment. <laughs> Molly, actually, keep that in. <laughs> um, so I got this idea for a show, and I knew just enough people to keep this idea going, and was fortunate enough about six weeks into my thought process to meet Robin Tenenbaum, who turned out to have produced a radio show that was very similar to what I was thinking of in the Bay Area. And she and I got together, and she had met Jim Brunberg, who was one of the owners and the founder of Mississippi Studios, plays in a band with uh, Ben here. Mm -hmm. And so the three of us got together and, and decided, let's see, let's run with this idea, and created Livewire. And at the time, Portland was the place we used to joke that if your agent hated you, they made you perform in Portland between Seattle and San Francisco. <laughs> So we would take advantage of that. And then as Portland kind of grew and grew, and I, I like to think that Livewire was actually a part of that, um, the the caliber of thinkers, writers, performers uh, grew as well, although there's always a local an aspect of local on it. Um, but yeah, the great thing about that experience and um, scary thing was I had no idea what I was doing. Which I think is true of most really good creative endeavors. You have no idea. Yep. Jumping into the deep end is a business plan for some people. It is. <laughs> mm -hmm. it is. And I think it's interesting, though, because o the difference with OK Corral seems like that that's much more, it's participatory. Yes. You're not mm -hmm. sitting in a seat at Alberta Rose and, and watching what is, what is what are wonderful shows, but you're watching somebody else uh, and being entertained. This is much more of you are no longer the consumer, you're the producer. True. Mm -hmm. Um 
originally Livewire was much more participatory, and then because of the needs of public radio, um, it has become less so, although off-air it's still quite participatory. But for me, I, you know, you asked about what the common thread was, and for me it's about community, as corny as that sounds, opportunities to come together, have a drink with your seatmate, uh, look around, run into people you know, meet people you don't know, and have a common experience that involves something that really is um, from the heart, whether it's laughing, singing, whatever it is. And and Ben, you you are a local musician. You you've been playing for for years. You've been playing with mm -hmm. lots and lots of people. Can you just tick off a few of them for us? Oh gosh. Well, um, kind of my main music project right now is a group called Wonderly that I do with Jim Brunberg, who's my musical partner, and um, we do. We, we do uh, singer-songwriter stuff, but then we also do quite a bit of music for commercial purposes and especially for podcasts. Um, and, and most recently, we did the theme for a New York Times uh, podcast called The Daily, uh, which you can listen to on their uh, on their webpage and get on iTunes and everything. Um, we're really honored to do that. We do music for their Snapchat Discover <laughs> channel as well. <laughs> so anybody... Well, and for Dear Sugar, that's right. Yeah, we did the uh, the theme song for Dear Sugar with the wonderful uh, Liz Weiss. Um, so that's that's kind of my, my main project at the moment. Um, I play also with Holcomb Waller, who uh, actually has a studio, or did have a studio, I think, right in this uh, building. And he's just a, a wonderful uh, Portland musician and uh, performance artist. Uh, and, and that relationship, we... We started working together in college, <laughs> so that's been like 20 years or something that we worked together. Um, and work, I mean, yeah. OK, OK Corral seems, uh, it's a diff, it's different. I mean, you, you are working with uh, professionals for most of your career, and right. now you're working with non-professionals. Is that, is that weird? Actually, I've worked with a professional and, you know, I, I, in, in the most loving term, I say it, amateur musicians um, and, and non-professional musicians. All, all the way through, I uh, I'm also a church musician. <laughs> That's one of my gigs is as a uh, pianist and organist and band leader at uh, an Episcopal church, and so I have a um, I have a choir of amateurs that is absolutely wonderful. Um, great people. And then I also direct a group uh, called Voices Unlimited that's for uh, adults with developmental disabilities. And I've been doing that kind of work. Man, how long has it been? About seven years now I've been doing that, that work, and it's you know, it's the most rewarding stuff that I do. Um, I just love working with these people. The, the, um, <clears throat> the uh, what's it called? Um, the range of abilities uh, in, in that community is so wide. You know, I have, I have some students who have perfect pitch, a perfect rhythm, um, and are, are just able to sing everything absolutely perfectly, and some that are, you know, for lack of a better word, tone deaf, but when they all come together and sing, they produce a beautiful sound, and it's just really, you know, an honor to be able to to work with that and shape it, and it's taught me a lot about being not just a choral director and a music director, but just kind of like how to lead in general. Can, I'm going to make an assumption. You can uh, either affirm or shoot it down, but it seems like you're, you're not necessarily a musician that's motivated by perfection. But you're you're looking more at what people's motivation is to be there and to to take part. I would say, I 
I would say sometimes, sometimes one, sometimes the other. It, it, it sort of depends on the project, you know, like if, if I'm in the studio, I'm going to really want to get something, you know, exactly um, as it, as it should be. I do a lot of studio work as well as a, uh, as a side player, but then for some projects, you know, if it's about creating community, if it's about, um, you know, ab about doing something that is, for lack of a better word, a, a healing uh, process in people's lives, you know, that, yeah, actually I would... I would ultimately say that's more rewarding for me. Is that aspect? Do you do you remember uh, a first song that really got you engaged in music, or how did you first start playing? I started playing when I was three years old. Um, my folks got me involved in uh, Suzuki violin, uh, <laughs> which. Oddly enough, uh, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Uh, uh, Sunichi Suzuki, who's the uh, um, the creator of that, started his method to not to create professional musicians, but to create better citizens of the world through music. You know, he thought if he just gave everybody a violin, the world would be a better place. You know, so that that was from the time I was three. That's that's kind of been my mentality around it. Um, but I started, I started when I was three, uh, started playing the violin, then picked up the piano when I was seven, when I was 13, started with bass and viola, and now I'm a multi-instrumentalist, uh, play most keyboard instruments and, um, string instruments. The only thing he does not play well is the didgeridoo. That's true. I can't do that. Can't do that. I tried. It keeps you human. Right. <laughs> Does anyone want to be able to play the didgeridoo well? A surprising number of people. <laughs> we actually, um, and we should talk about this at some point, we do special events about four or five times a year that are sort of ticketed, real ticketed events. And we did a Jesus Christ Superstar sing-along mm -hmm. in April as our Easter special at Mississippi Studios. And my vision um, was to have all the priests played essentially by a didgeridoo. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and did that happen and did oh, that yeah. work? Well, I mean, uh, it, it, terribly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I got up there and I, I tried to honk on the thing and it just, it, yeah. yeah. It, that but song it, did not work. It got, it got a laugh. It got, <laughs> that was a, yeah. 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 Ben Landsberg is the music director for OK Corral, among other roles in the music community in Portland. And Kate Sokoloff is the producer for OK Corral, among other roles in Portland. Let's have another song break. Uh, suggestions? You pick this time. Uh, how about um, Milk Carton Kids, Michigan? Ooh. Sounds great.
Michigan's in the rear view now Keep your hands where I could see them You took the words right out my mouth When you knew that I would need them What am I supposed to do?
the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to two of the leaders of OK Corral, uh, Ben Landsberg and Kate Sokoloff. Now, you guys are not a nonprofit, and we're the Nonprofit Hour, so okay. normally we're talking to nonprofits, but you guys, uh, I think, fall into the category of, of why, why we're talking to nonprofits. We're not, we're not interested necessarily in the tax status of an organization. We're interested more in the community organizing function. Can, can you guys talk a little bit about how you guys exist and uh, in terms of the legal status, though? And or not. <laughs> I think we we don't exist as a legal entity. No. We haven't trademarked the name, for instance. No. Um, we're really more of a concept organization. Right. But I think as far as feeling mission-driven, I feel as mission-driven as any nonprofit I've run mm -hmm. or worked with um, because we really are about what I like to call stealth activism, bringing people together, um, having a shared experience where you can sort of laugh and get to know people, relationships happen, mm -hmm. waiting for a romantic relationship. I was just about to ask <laughs> if there's like a... Is it <laughs> yet, but fingers crossed. I don't know, maybe you know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll keep my eyes open. Single people, come yeah. to OK Corral. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> Single people do come to OK Corral. They, they do. Um, yeah, so from that, that stance, I feel like we really are about a community coming together, especially in today's world where we need that. And, you know, screen time alone with people looking at their cell phones all the time and not coming, not meeting up in real life as often, um, you know, we're the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm having this 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 odd experience right now where, where um, we have a record player that we've put into the dining room and our 9 and 11-year-old girls are fascinated by it because suddenly music has a format yeah. to it that they haven't seen before, mm -hmm. and, and and I'm wondering if you guys are are ex you guys experience this in terms of people's eyes opening to what role music has, and not just as the something out in the ether, but the function and form that it plays in the community. Is that too esoteric of a question? That's an interesting question. Think no, about that. You know, I think you're onto something. Um, there's something about when you break down the elements of a song that, um, I mean, even like half the time, we're all surprised at what the actual lyrics are. Right. Like, really, they say that. But also just you hear the song in a different way when you live in it. Um, we're hearing the harmonies come together. We're hearing different instruments play. Um, and you embody that song in a different way. And I think it does, I know for me, I always listen well, I always listen to music, but now I listen in terms of would that be a song that has these kinds of elements? Would people enjoy singing it just for the sake of how much fun that song is? Or that it works, that you make something bigger than yourself when you sing it with other people and explore that song. Mm -hmm. And during the summertime, you guys are meeting at the rooftop at Revolution Hall, sometimes? We are meeting mostly in uh, the Assembly Lounge which is the second floor uh, okay. bar. But we have a huge um, event that's going to happen at the end of August. Do you want to say more about that, Kate? Sure. Um, and now that the rooftop bar is open to the public, it's not a venue that works for the OK Corral because we would take it over. Mm. Um, so we all like to go up there before. But um, yeah, we sing in the assembly lounge. This is our second annual rooftop campfire sing-along. And we sell tickets to this, and it's on August 29th. And we have about 18 to 20 songs. We have a full, what, six or seven piece band. Yeah. We may try again to have some soloists. Yeah. Um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we sing a whole bunch of pop songs in 
including a few classics. And actually, we were just talking about this off-air. One of my all-time favorite moments uh, from last summer doing this was looking around at the a wide age range of the audience. And I was a little bit nervous about doing Country Roads because it's so corny. And when we sang that song, I looked over and the number of hipster tattooed people with their eyes closed, this rapturous smile on their face, singing this song from their childhood was really cool. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. So we're really excited to be doing that event again. And tickets mm -hmm. are, we're about halfway sold out. So if people are interested, they should get online. Uh, through Revolution Hall and get tickets as soon as possible. And in general, if people want to join the group, how do they do that? Well, you don't, there's no joining. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a, it's a drop-in thing, so you come to one of the things, and it's a $5 cover. Um, and, all and the money you, goes to the band. All the money goes to the band, absolutely. And I, I just want to take a sec to give a shout-out to my bandmates in that, in that group. Uh, I have the wonderful uh, Jordan Richter on guitar and uh, Capers Ogletree, who plays, uh, he plays drums, but usually he plays what's called a cajon, uh, which is a kind of a box drum. Um, and they're just amazing accompanists, and it's really, really amazing to have them on the team. And so how do people know when to drop in? Well, we have a Facebook group page called OK Corral PDX. We have a uh, website, okcorralpdx.com. Um, that's usually the way people find out about it. <laughs> Ben Landsberg and Kate Sokoloff are the co-leaders of OK Corral, and I do urge people to uh, go drop in. Uh, and how about one more song to wrap us up? How about what a fool believes? <laughs> you don't. You seem unsure about that. No, I'm. It's just such a guilty pleasure. Let's go with it. All right. <laughs> Thank you both.
This show was made possible with the support of Shout House, a multi-use community arts and event space founded by Hand to Mouth Theater. Centrally located in Portland's Central East Side Industrial District, Shout House features a 1,000 square foot studio with sprung floors, state-of-the-art sound system, 24-hour access, and other amenities. Available for rehearsals, meetings, workshops, classes, photo shoots, parties, and private events with flexible rates to match your budget. For more information, go to shouthousepdx.com. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, xray.fm. Our host is Phil Bussey, and our producer and editor is Molly Jean Bennett. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where our handle is Nonprofit Hour. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to molly at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in to the Nonprofit Hour on KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Join us on Monday mornings at 6 a.m. and Tuesday afternoons at 1. And have a great week!